Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 374. Uh, it, yeah, the I, I, I agree. I mean, part of what we're trying to do is create a career pathway. So when kids come out of high school, that they can go straight into an apprenticeship program. Uh, they will get some college training along the way, but college is not the be-all and end-all. Mm-hmm. I mean, a career is, is, is what we're, we're trying to provide for, yes. for young yeah. people coming into the industry. Yeah. Are you ready for It Factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then, join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become... Unstoppable. Have you heard of Watsi, aka the Work Opportunity Tax Credit? Well, Hire Me is a platform that connects amazing employers with amazing hourly workers, and it can hook you up with some Watsi. To learn more, head over to restaurantunstoppable.hireme.com. That's Hire Me, H I G H E R M E. And if you contact Hire Me about Watsi services for a limited time, you will get three free months with their featured hiring software. Get on it. Toast is a simple restaurant platform only for restaurants that connects the POS system to online ordering, gift cards, loyalty, labor, sales reporting. You get the picture. This sucker is all in one. And recently, Toast received $101 million worth of investment, and they're celebrating by giving away $2 million worth of hardware to new customers who sign up with Toast by the end of September or until supplies last. To get your free hardware, head over to pos.toastab.com slash unstoppable 2017 or click the banner in the show notes. You have to use my links. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, John Short. John, are you feeling unstoppable today, my man? I am indeed. I'm yes, unstoppable yeah. because I'm trying to recruit apprentices and I'm <laughs> pretty successful at it. Yeah, it sounds like you guys are doing a great job and uh, we'll dive more into that. But just real quick, John Short is the Director of Program Development at the National Restaurant Association Educational Foundation and is heading the restaurant industry's first hospitality sector registered apprenticeship program. It's kind of a mouthful, uh, but... Man, I'm so excited, John. Uh, one of the biggest lessons I've learned interviewing 370 plus successful restaurant tours now is the biggest struggle in the industry is finding good people. Everyone's struggling so bad right now just to find passionate, talented young people uh, to to mentor and to develop and to find roles in their restaurants. And on the the flip side, the biggest challenge for young people getting out of college is struggling to make ends meet. Uh, with all the school loan debt and not necessarily making a ton of money right out of school. So it sounds like this program is really going, maybe not solve the problem, but it's definitely going to alleviate uh, it, yeah. the problem. I, I, I agree. I mean, part of what we're trying to do is create a career pathway. So when kids come out of high school, that they can go straight into an apprenticeship program. Uh, they will get some college training along the way, but college is not the be all and end all. Mm-hmm. I mean, a career is 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 what we're we're trying to provide for yes. for young people coming into the industry. Yes. So, so that's 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 the big thing for yeah. for us, and it's not going to cost the apprentice any money. Beautiful. That's a good thing for the training. 
All right, man. I can't wait to dive into this, but like always, yeah. we got to get that motivational, inspirational All right. ball rolling with a success quote or mantra. What do you got for us? What we have is we are feeding dreams and building futures. Mm. Changing lives and developing future leaders is the essence of what we do. Oh, man. I love it. I really do. Uh, and it kind of reminds me of this. I, I think it was uh, I was watching the documentary that uh, Rick Bayless just put out sustainability in their talk. So there was a quote in that documentary that said something along the lines of we have, you know, we all have a debt to those that came before us uh, and we can only pay that debt to those who are coming after us. And, you know, it's just that mentor to develop the next generation of people. And uh, we lose sight of that sometimes, don't you think? No, we, we do. And, um, you know, if, if we, anybody looks back at their careers, they find people there that helped them enormously, taught them things along the way to help make them successful. Mm. Apprenticeship is just a more structured format for doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, where you are assigned a mentor and somebody who is uh, a master of his or her trade, if you will. Mm. And they pass along the knowledge to, to the next generation. Mm-hmm. We're just providing a structure to do it. That's, a, that's, the, that's the big thing that we're doing here. Awesome. So really dive into it. What is the, hospi- the hospitality sector registered apprenticeship program? Really dive into what you guys are trying to do. Okay. So what happened was the Department of Labor was trying to advance apprenticeship into industries that normally would not have apprenticeship programs. The National Restaurant Association Education Foundation and the American Hotel and Lodging Association joined together and said, why don't we have apprenticeship programs for management? Because that was a gaping hole in in both industries, uh, trying to locate and find really good, well-trained restaurant and lodging managers. National Restaurant Association submitted the application got funded and we got received a, a 1.8 million dollar contract but to do that what you got to do is you got to set up apprenticeship standards and those take a long time to develop okay anyway it, it's, it's a bureaucratic thing that that you got to do and you got to follow a process but we decided that we would take as industry we would take the burden away from the employers so we would take care of all of the paperwork we would get the standards developed and and um and that's what we have done, and we got approval for our standards back in June, both for the lodging and for restaurant management. And since then, we've been recruiting employers because we're on the hook to recruit 450 apprentices by the end of the year, and we're at 482. So we've, you know, you got to reach out to the employers, and then the employers they hire the apprentices. So they can be new workers, or they could be incumbent workers uh, to be part of this program. Okay, so right now you're going through the problem, the the not the problem, but the 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 uh, I guess steps of creating the standards so that right. it, it's easier, less of a burden on the restaurant operators. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And, and you know, it's not us that are. We're not coming up with the competencies. Industry defined the competencies. Several years back, both um, the National Restaurant Association and AHLA they got together industry folks called subject matter experts, to outline what would it take for somebody to become a restaurant manager? If somebody had no experience just coming in fresh into the industry, how long would it take him to become a restaurant manager? 
What do they need to know? So all of these roles were defined, you know, back of the house, front of the house, you name it, finance, um, stock control. So that's what we did. So when we laid out all of that, when we went to our partner employers who signed up for it, we had a look at their training programs to see if there were any gaps in the training programs that the, that the restaurateurs had versus what were in the national standards. If there were gaps, we would help them fill those gaps. Uh, that was that was um, one way that we you know signed up many many employers. So what would happen with an independent operator, for example, if they did not have a defined training program? A number of ways we can fill that role is they have the competencies, they see what is needed from somebody, but the classroom training piece can be provided by a community college or it can be provided online, or it can be taken by the individual apprentice who would submit homework to us that would be corrected, and you know, make, we make sure that they progress through the program. So it's kind of cool. We, we've opened up many, many avenues for somebody to complete this program. Okay. There's not, not just one, one size fits all. So okay. yeah. I'm, I'm curious, what's your biggest struggle right now, your biggest challenge with trying to get this program off the ground? Well, when you when you say apprenticeship to people, they automatically think union. Yeah. I said, well, yeah. this is this is not a, you know apprenticeship is not union. It's 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 both union and non-union. So um, with our operators, basically most of them are, are non-union. So that has that has been a, a little bit of a, a headache. Okay. You know, ninety three percent of new apprenticeship programs in the last five years are non-union. So that was a. a hurdle to get over um but the enthusiasm that we're getting from the uh from the restaurant first is great it really is for the ones who have signed up okay and uh it's so right now what you're trying to do is is go through all the training through the restaurants to see if that training is matched up with the standard training that you're creating and if it's not matched up there's options to partner with uh, community colleges that will then you can kind of outsource the community college am i hearing that correctly that is correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the majority of the restaurants, the initial people to sign up for this program have been bigger corporations, Golden Corral, Fats Cafe, Firehouse Subs, Hilton, Wyndham, Hyatt. Yeah. Why, why the, the corporations, why, why do they seem to be jumping on this first? They probably have as, as much need as, as anybody, but a lot of them already have defined training programs. So the, the, they wanted to see what the national standard was. They wanted to figure out a way to access untapped labor pools. So we talked about, for example, the high school program. It's called ProStart. Many of your listeners would know about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a two-year program in high school, and when students go through it, they get tests, national tests, and they also have um, uh, 400 hours of on-the-job training. Well, we're trying to connect those ProStart students to the employers. Many of your major corporate folks already know about ProStart. They're judges in the ProStart programs. So they see that as a, a, an untapped resource for them. But they also know about our military programming that we have. Did you know that there are 230,000 folks muster out of the military each year? Wow. They come with leadership skills. Many of them already have food and beverage training. 
So we're working with the military and we're trying to direct folks into our industry. Now, not all to obviously to, um, to the golden corrals of the world, but it all depends on where the, where the veteran comes from. And we're trying to make sure that we have an apprenticeship program based in their locality. So I can understand the, the, uh, the, the big ones getting in first, you know, and quite honestly, we are on the hook in our contract to get 450 apprentices by September 20th, which is next Wednesday. And this was the easiest way for us to get that initial surge of apprentices. Mm, okay. Now, don't forget, we also have like Iron Hill um, Brewery and Restaurant, and they're out of Delaware. They have like 13 locations in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. Mm-hmm. And there are others coming on board as well. So we're, 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 we're not only targeting the 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 bigger restaurateurs, but we're we're looking for the smaller ones as well. And that's why when we develop standards, we give so many options of how to get the classroom training done. Okay. Um I want to dive more into that, but I know I'll forget to take a break to thank our sponsors. If I don't stop now. So we're gonna stop real quick to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. Whether you're hiring a line cook, server, host, or manager, hiring is a time-consuming endeavor. However, there is a little-known way to lower your cost per hire. It's called WOTC, or Work Opportunity Tax Credit. By hiring qualified workers from certain target groups such as veterans, SNAP recipients, and individuals living in empowerment zones, you can potentially receive thousands of dollars in tax returns. Hire Me is all about maximizing employer effort and Watsi is one great way to do just that. If you want to be guided through the Watsi process every step of the way, visit restaurantsunstoppable.hireme.com. That's hireme h i g h e r m and if you contact hiring me about Watsi services for a limited time offer, you will receive three months of free hiring software. Get on it. Ever since episode number one, Restaurant Unstoppable has been tracking the most recommended technologies from our past guest mentors and Toast is at the top of that list. With Toast, you get online ordering, gift cards, loyalty, labor, sales reporting, ELO, kitchen grade monitors, and handheld tablets to empower your staff. That's right. No more traffic jams at the POS system. Toast customers have experienced a 20% increase in revenue via improved throughout, 3x increase in tips from digital signatures, and a 50% increase in online ordering after switching to the Toast platform. Recently, Toast received 101 million dollars worth of investment and they're celebrating by giving away two million dollars worth of hardware to new customers who sign up with toast before the end of september or until supplies last to get your free hardware head over to pos.toasttab.com slash unstoppable 2017 or click the banner All right, in we're the back show notes you need uh, to use my links deeper into this topic of standards and why developing these standards these industry standards are so important to the success of this program sure I mean for any restaurateur I, it's good for them to see what industry has defined as what is needed for somebody to become a restaurant manager because they could have a look at the standards and they're not secret. If you want them, I'll send them to you. 
they could have a look at the standards and compare what they have in their own restaurant and what their own restaurant managers are exhibiting and how they could actually help train the next generation of restaurant managers. So I think it's, it's beneficial for industry to have a defined set of standards. Now, you're not going to have to comply with all, uh, all of the competencies we have. We know that there's, there's such a variety of restaurants and types of restaurants that to comply with our program, you would need to meet 80% of the competencies, not all 100%, because 20% of the training is going to be clearly localized to that particular restaurant chain or restaurant operator. Okay, so I want to make sure I heard that correctly. In order to qualify to partake in this program, you as an operator will need to uh, comply with at least 80% of the standards that you're setting right now. Right, and and if you don't, have, if you're not reaching the eighty percent level, we'll help you get there. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what that's what our job is, or that's what our role is, is is to to help you with any training gaps that you might have. So, what's your argument for that restaurant operator that? And this is something that comes up often. A lot of people say, "I don't want a trained." staff member. I want somebody who doesn't have any experience with the right attitude and then I'll train them up to the way I want them to be. What's your argument for that person? Because that comes up often sure. on the show. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I, I get that. And, and but part of, of it is retention. To retain the employees, if you're training them and if they're part of a standardized program, the return on investment studies have shown is like a dollar forty-seven per hour for that particular apprentice. In other words, if you invest a dollar in them, you'll get a dollar 47 back within the apprenticeship program. Recruitment and retention is the biggest thing that apprenticeship has going for it. Too often we find people, you know, they're in the industry for six months and then they're gone. But if you provide a career pathway for them, then they're more likely to stay. Excuse me. That's the reason for apprenticeship. Okay. Um, and that's very true. I mean, people, it's uh, that human need to have that sense of growth, to have that sense of yeah. potential and yeah. to, you know, be a part of something where you can potentially reach your, your self-actualization, which is that Maslow's of hierarchy of needs. Uh, but um, what about that small, let's go back to that small business owner. If right. this, this isn't just for the big corporate companies, uh, I really want to emphasize that anybody can sign up to be a part of this apprenticeship, uh, or sorry, a part of this apprentice program. Wow. I can't talk. This is like my fifth cup of coffee. Uh, (laughs) Anybody can sign up to be a a part of the apprentice program. So if there's a small business owner listening to this and they're interested, what's the steps that they would need to take to get the ball? Just contact me, uh, Jay Short with two T's uh, at NRAEF.org. I'll have that link in the show notes. And when they do contact you, what do you think their biggest challenges are going to be? Is it going to be the standards? Yeah, they, they look at the standards and they're going to say, what is all of this about? Don't worry about it. I'm here to walk you through it. Okay. Uh, so, you know, what I will do what, once a restaurant contacts me, I will send them the standards. And then I'll set up a follow-up call with the individual owner, and we can go through any issues they may have and figure out a way to make this work because we're trying to customize it to employers. There are standards that will be, you know, they're nationalized across the country, 
that's fine, but we can customize the program to each restaurateur. What do you, what's the biggest standard that you think is going to be in the way? Like if there's one standard that is going to be the most difficult to comply with, which one do you think it will be? Uh, it's the classroom training. It always is. And it doesn't matter what apprenticeship program you're in, whether it's electrical or carpentry uh, or hospitality, it's access to the classroom training. Just think about it. If there's a class going on at the community college and it's going on from seven to nine in the evening, and you're the restaurant owner, you need that apprentice at that time. How is he or she going to get the classroom training? That's yeah. always the biggest issue. And it's, it doesn't, it's, you know, it's, it's across every apprenticeship program. So that's the part that has to be really thought through uh, to, to make this work. Okay. So what's your argument for the person that says, I just can't make that work. What's your argument as to why they should try to make it work? Okay. My argument is we're going to give you options of to how, as to how to make it work. Okay. Whether it's going to be at the community college, you know, it's going to be structured around the, the community college system and their timetable, or whether it's going to be online, or whether it's going to be up to the individual apprentice to do the homework necessary to complete the program. So that's why there are so many options of how to get the classroom training done. Remember what the classroom training is. It reinforces what they are learning on the job. That's the, the whole point of the classroom training. Okay. And yeah. um, what is the long-term mission of this program? What do you want the world to look like when you've done everything right and, this is, and it is a success? What, what's the world going to look like? How's it going to be better? Okay, uh, so I'm going to throw some stuff out at you, Eric. Okay. The average age of an apprentice in the United States is 29. That's ridiculous. We need to be able to provide a career pathway for people coming out of high school and to get into our industry and stay in our industry. So my goal is to have the average age of an apprentice in the hospitality sector somewhere less than 25 would be nice. My goal is to have 75% completion. And in five years, I want to have 3,000 apprentices in the hospitality sector. So that's the long-term plan. Overarching, though, is, is the career pathway. I mean, we've, we've got to provide options for young people who are getting out of high schools and career technical education schools. We've got to do that. Wow. Yeah. And, you know... I was just doing some reflecting on this last night and trying to uh, reading through the material that I had at, at my disposal. And it seems like uh, the, the ultimate goal is to, like you mentioned earlier, get the people uh, in, get them a career, a long-term uh, career. And the, the restaurant operators, this is beneficial to them because they get that longevity. The, uh, the, what's the word we used? Um, retention. Retention. Uh, yeah. Now, so is the goal to have long-term retention employees or is it a better yeah. goal to maybe train these people up? I mean, I think I heard the American dream. Do you think the American dream is to be a long-term employee or is it to, to open your own business? And like, what is the American dream? I, I know. And, and it, it is, you know, to be honest with you, it is to open up your own restaurant yeah. eventually. If you want to go there, if you look at, at, um, at the industry, 
50% of the restaurant managers all started as entry-level employees. And I'm sure, you know, you could find data for owners as well that started off as entry-level employees in the industry. Mm-hmm. But that's the best thing about it. I mean, if you look at the, you know, Bureau of Labor Statistics, and they always wanted to, to, to break people down by sex and by ethnic group and all of that sort of stuff to, for food service managers. If you look at the data, what's astounding about the restaurant industry is that it exactly reflects the national population, which is amazing mm. by every ethnic identity group, by uh, male, female, you name it. So the, the food service managers is, a, you know, the, the, it's low barrier to entry into the industry. And that is why it is so successful. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious if you, if you made the objective of this program to uh, to try to develop professionals to go open their own businesses, do you think that you'd have less of a buy-in from business owners who want to buy into this program, train up these people to create competition for themselves? Is, do you, is... Well, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see where you're going. Well, I think eventually what happens is many people want to open up their own restaurants and some don't, some don't want to hassle, but they would, they would happy, happily be restaurant managers mm-hmm. for, their, for the rest of their lives. What we want to do is professionalize the industry so that we have a common standard and that people can reach that standard. And the, the option is up to them. You know, uh, a lot of people, for example, wouldn't want to leave New Hampshire mm-hmm. um, when there could be, you know, a, an opening in Washington, D.C. So it's, it's entirely up to the individual. But we want to make, give people options. We mm-hmm. want to put them on the career pathway so that they can become successful restaurant managers. Yeah. Now, I, I agree with you in the sense that um, you know, like our, our job, and it seems counterintuitive, our, our role as restaurant owners is to develop these people and to almost try to push them out of our restaurant, to give them the life skills, the lessons they need to be successful in life. And maybe that means them going out and opening their own restaurant, or maybe that means that they want to be a general manager, or maybe they want to open a new location and they can be a partner underneath your restaurant umbrella. I mean, yeah. I mean you're going to have to invest in these people. They're going to do whatever is right for them, but you will retain a certain amount of them and they will be able to help you grow your business. Cause not everyone's the entrepreneur. They're, they're people that are naturally born managers and they don't want to create their own thing. They just want to manage what's already created and you'll hang on, you'll retain those people and maybe uh, you can even be an investor for that entrepreneur who wants to go out and do their own thing and they can open their own concept underneath your umbrella and you can be the mentor, the, the coach, the person in their corner teaching them how to be a successful restaurateur. Uh, you know, like, I mean, that's kind of how I look at it. What do you think? Yeah. And, and one of the things that we have heard from industry is that they needed to develop their bench strength because of an aging population. They need people to step up to become the restaurant managers. So by providing the training through this program, you know, remember the apprentices are all employees of, of the, the restaurants, but they're trying to foresee where the need is going to be for their operations mm. and to have people ready to go to become the restaurant, next generation of restaurant managers. That's That was the big thing that industry told us is we need to develop our bench strength. Mm-hmm. 
cool. Um, so if somebody is listening to this right now and they are interested, this is for everybody. It's not just for the big corporations. They needed to prime the engine. That's why they went with the big companies, with the, the, the people to be able to prime the engine to get this thing off the ground. But it is for everyone. What questions should somebody who's listening to this, who's interested in maybe joining this program, what questions should they be asking themselves to see if they're ready for it or they're right for it? Sure. They should, should look within their own establishment and try to identify somebody, if they have somebody, they think would become the next restaurant manager in their operation. And if they don't, either, either they do or they don't, they, want, they shouldn't want to know what are these competencies that this fella is talking about that the industry said is needed for somebody to become a restaurant manager? If they have identified somebody, they could say to themselves, with sufficient training, this person could be my next restaurant manager in two years. This is, is you know, they, they have to look long term for at their own business model and see where the vacancies will be. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, so would the, would the training that would be provided through this program be sufficient or helpful to turn that person who's now maybe at the entry level or supervisor level into the next restaurant manager? Got you. And can somebody provide that training for me? Okay. And once we identified that person, we asked, we asked ourselves this question, what's the next step? Right. And the next step is contact me and I'll walk you through the whole process. Okay, in your, uh, in your email one more time. Sure, jshort, S-H-O-R-T-T, at N-R-A-E-F dot O-R-G. Okay, awesome. And anything we didn't discuss up to this point that you were hoping we did discuss, we, we didn't get around to? Uh, just, just know this from an employer point of view, is that there are tax credits out there for apprenticeship. So if you have a registered apprentice, Based on your state, there may be state tax credits available. There's a piece of legislation working its way through Congress at the minute trying to give tax breaks to employers of their federal taxes. So there are other benefits to to having a registered apprenticeship uh, program as well that employers may not know about. And that's why we're here to help them too. If there are any benefits that are out there that they need to access, we will help them with those as well. Okay. And one more question just popped into my head. And this is more for the, yeah. uh, the potential apprentice, the person who is learning. How long does this period last? What, what's the, the, right. the period look like? Good, good question. So remember your, your traditional apprenticeship program is time-based. Um, it takes four years, for example, to become an electrician. Ours is competency-based. So it depends on the experience of the individual. Okay. When we asked the industry, how long would it take for somebody to become a, a, a restaurant manager? They said two years. Okay. Now, while that is, uh, it sounds like a time-based thing, some people will f- complete that apprenticeship program in less than two years, given the experience they have. And some people, it might take more than two years if they don't have any experience and, and if they can't get through the, uh, the program. So... So roughly two years. Okay, and that's depending on how well they do. To there's, I'm assuming there's going to be standard testing involved that the past testing and qualify, qualify, and prove that they have learned something. Yeah, and then, but the other part of this is is really critical. 
it's up to the employer to check off on the competencies that the individual apprentice has gained. Okay. It's not up to me. So the employer is the one who's going to determine how quickly this person can get through the, the, the program. Interesting. Um, one more question popped into my mind uh, while you were talking, and that is if somebody is listening to this and I get a lot of people who write me and say, Hey Eric, like I want to find a mentor. Like I want to be successful in this industry. Like you say all the time, go work for somebody who can teach you the skills and surround yourself with greatness. And they ask me how the best way to do that is, but what's the best way if somebody's listening to this right now and they're in search of a mentor or somebody to apprentice under, what's the best way for them to get involved in this? Okay. So what we're doing is we're, we're, we're developing a, we have developed a website, but what, the purpose of that is as we get employers enrolled into the program and as apprenticeship opportunities open up, I would encourage people to check the chooserestaurants.org website under apprenticeship just to check the openings. Um, you're talking about uh, having mentors and it is so difficult to find the right one. It really is. Yeah. Uh, and that is, is, you know, we've talked to HR directors from many different companies, and one of the things we have emphasized with them is to make sure that whoever the supervisor is, is somebody who's willing to teach the next generation mm. of apprentices. Because some people are not, and, and some people are absolutely brilliant at it. Honestly, so, if, if you're not willing to train and teach the next generation of professional you're in the wrong industry. That's what this industry is all about. It's all about people, developing people, caring for people. Uh, so if, if yeah. that, I mean, you're in the wrong industry, if that's not you, you're not going to like, that's just how I feel. But uh, anyway, um, cool. I guess, I mean, those are all the questions I have. Uh, this has been great. We wrap up every episode by calling somebody out. So who is one independent restaurant operator, somebody you admire in this industry and who do you, who, who should we get on the show? Now, I, I, I would tell you, I'm new to the industry, but we, the chair of our foundation is a fellow called Greg Hamer, and he, he operates like 100 Taco Bells and KFCs and Long John Silver, but he's based in Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi, and you know, he employs like 2,400 people down there, and they have been absolutely shredded with Hurricane Harvey, oh, and he has spent, I don't know how much looking after his employees and he's, he's just doing a fantastic job, but he is awesome. Very funny guy. Um, but very serious about looking after his employees. So, you know, he's, he's, he's a role model that we look to here within the foundation. And that was Greg hammer. Yeah. Greg hammer, H A M E R. Yeah. Greg, look he's out. Awesome. I'm coming after you. I'd love to get your story <laughs> from you. And, uh, I think we, I mean, we already told the folks at home how to connect with you. Um, yeah. so, I mean, I guess we can say it one more time, maybe a website, uh, if there is one to learn more, uh, go for it. Yeah. The website is chooserestaurants.org. Okay. And, uh, I guess why not one more time with the email, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> J short S H O R T T at N R A E F dot O R G. Awesome. And this is episode 374. Head over to restaurantsunstoppable.com slash 374. I'll link to uh, John's email and that website right there in the show notes, uh, plus a summary of today's conversation. 
John, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to, uh, you know, to, to tackle this project. I mean, it's a huge project. Uh, I hope it does alleviate the issues in our industry. And for taking time to join us today and to, to educate my listeners about it. Eric, thank you, man. It's been a blast. It's a, <laughs> a pleasure. It was my pleasure as well. And there is no questioning, John. You are you and your people that are doing this are unstoppable. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you very much. Right. Bye-bye. <laughs> You're welcome. Cheers. <laughs> Boom, another episode wrapped up here at Restaurants Unstoppable. And man, I was so excited when I got that email from Entrepreneurial Chef. Uh, Sean Wonder puts that on and he uh, shone light on this opportunity. And immediately I just needed to learn more uh, because we, we hear it all the time on the show. The challenge that people are having, finding passionate, skilled workers in this industry there's just such a massive shortage of people right now and then on the flip side all these passionate skilled ambitious young people going to school to learn a trade and graduating with this massive debt where they can't they can't survive they can't live off their wages because of how much they invested in their education so is this a solution maybe i mean it's definitely going to alleviate uh, the issue. It's going to open another channel to get into this industry. And I'm all for that. And we have to remember, before, you know, it, it wasn't always the Culinary Institute of America and the Cornells and these massive culinary schools and hospitality schools. Uh, before those schools were on scene, you know, uh, a century ago, the only way to learn was to find a mentor or to enter into an apprenticeship and that's how it was done for thousands of years. Find somebody who does what you want to learn how to do, learn from them and then continue their work. Uh, and I personally think that's the best way. I mean, that's the way we've evolved to function in society by learning, having impactful transformative relationships with mentors, other people giving us values, giving us skills that high touch super high relational i don't know if that's a word relational i don't know but the, the point is it's it's human and i feel like we need to get back to a human way of doing things where we actually care for the people we're teaching it's not just a transaction you're paying me to go to school i give you these classes and transactions over here go into the industry and oh you don't like it it wasn't what you expected well too bad give me my seventy thousand dollars like that's not the way we're supposed to function and I think the apprenticeship is the most organic, natural way. It's like going back, like how farmers are going back to the way we used to do things. And we're learning about how badly we screwed up the food system. Well, we screwed up the educational system. We screwed up the system for developing the next generation of human beings. I feel like this high-touch way is the right way to do things. Uh, and that's just based off of what I picked up during these interviews. But I don't know. I'm excited for this. I'm really going to keep my eye on it. I hope you guys uh, take initiative and reach out to john short his links are in the show notes the connect the website will be in the show notes this is episode 347 um check it out what's the worst that's gonna happen and then while i have your attention i have to apologize i i missed two episodes this week i was not proud of it at all but it happened and all we can do is learn from our mistakes and move on my mistake was i didn't leave enough content in the bank life happens 
for me, I just moved. <laughs> my my roommates bought a house, and all of a sudden, we had to pick up everything and move. And I there was like a week of my life being upside down, and I got behind. But uh, the lesson learned is you can never be over prepared. Uh, don't think that you know things will just work out. You know things work out when you make them work out, and that was my lesson. And I hope to never miss another episode again. Um, I do apologize if you're looking for those episodes. I am back at it. I've got some great interviews lined up. Uh, things are going to get awesome here at Restaurant Unstoppable. And uh, just please forgive me. Uh, I won't let it happen again. I promise. All right. Uh, I think that's all for today. I hope you guys found value in this episode. Keep spreading the word about Restaurant Unstoppable. And yeah, if you have, I appreciate you. I really do. And uh, until next time, peace out.